This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of encouragement, rest, and connection for all of you who are on the journey with Jesus Christ like we are. My name is Sister Miriam James and we are once again very delighted to welcome you to another, almost the end of our Lenten book study, Life of the Beloved by Henry Nouwen. And before we dive into um, actually really our last chapter before the epilogue, I want to, as usual, greet my lovely, wonderful, amazing co-host, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger, Heather, you're on a little vacation. You're on vacay, right? Right now? Yeah, a little bit. It's uh, been spring break for our kids. So we are down at our family's lake house and the weather has been awesome. It's like, you know, cold, but sunny. And so we had some good friends down uh, the other day and we had burgers and watermelon and a big bonfire on the beach. And it was just so perfect. It was like, yeah, it was so perfect. I'm just loving it. It's exactly what I need right now. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm actually in New Jersey giving a parish mission in New Jersey right before the last like push here for Lent. And we're actually expecting a snowstorm. So I'm quite happy if it did snow. I'd just be holed up in my little room in this convent here watching the snowfall. So stay tuned. We'll let you know what happens. But I'm actually laying down right now. Like you guys are looking at me laughing. I'm like, and I'm done. I'm just laying down here recording a podcast. So don't mind me, people. <laughs> it's so good. How are you, Michelle? I can't stop laughing looking at sister because here she is <laughs> laying down with this funky fuzzy blanket underneath her head, like all comfy. Like when we jumped on to record on Skype, she popped up. I'm like, are you comfortable? Do I need to feed you grapes? Should I get you some tea? Like, you know, don't mind us. Don't sit up or anything. Oh, it's so perfect. You can tell you've been on the road for a long time. You can totally tell that she's been traveling. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. yeah. It's done, but... Um, it looks all sunny where you are, Michelle, as usual. It is beautiful. It is springtime has come to Florida, um, but it is really beautiful. It is nice outside. It's pleasant. The pollen is kicking our butts, the allergies here, but, you know, it's sunshine, so we have a lot to be grateful for, so I'm not going to complain about pollen or, like, having to take my Zyrtec every, um, you know, couple of hours. Yeah. Oh, it was so bad, y'all. My youngest, Lily, poor thing, her eyes, she went out to the park, and she came home, and her eyes were, like, swollen shut because the pollen was so bad. She had such a bad allergic reaction to it. Oh, my goodness. And she's like, am I going blind? Am I? I'm like, no, Lily. This is called seasonal allergies, babe. You're okay. That's it, but- Michelle. Time to move to Canada. You got to take care uh, of your children. Um, <laughs> Time to no, move Heather, and be my neighbor. <laughs> honey, the sun does not shine in Canada. I can't do it. It's beautiful, but there is no sunshine. Okay. It shines here three Coast. months out of the year. <laughs> On the West Coast. A little rainy, but it's beautiful. It oh, my goodness. Yeah, when sister comes to visit in Florida, we had a gray, rainy day. She's like, let's go on the porch and enjoy the gray, rainy day. I'm like, what? Like, Who does Girl, that? what's wrong with you? Like, something's Seriously. wrong with you. Michelle's, like, yeah. bundled up and has the fire on already. <laughs> I does. Like, turn on that heat and fuzzy socks. And so, but it's all good. Oh. Well, our platform, Pasco Media, has some wonderful Catholic podcasts that some of our other listeners might like. So we just want to give you a chance to check some of those out. Hi, I'm Doug Took. I'm the host of Renovo Podcast, a show about renewing, reviving, and restoring faith in Catholic Christianity. We look at different topics that sometimes seem a little bit mundane, and we discover just how miraculous 
They really are. New shows come out every single Sunday. Your topics and suggestions are always welcome. Please visit RenovoPodcast.com or check us out on iTunes. God bless. So our chapter this week is, gosh, it's hard to believe we're almost done, but um, our chapter this week is on the topic of given, right? So we've talked about being blessed, about beloved, broken, and given. And so our quote that's going to guide our discussion this week is this, a beautiful one where Henry Nouwen says, our real gift is not so much what we can do, but who we are. And Mm -hmm. I think this is such a rich, um, just such a rich sentence and such a rich thought and such a rich reality. And so often in our life, we're looking for things that we can do, which is important, but really the true gift, and we could all agree that the true gift that we have to give one another is the gift that we are to one another. So Heather, what are your some thoughts on that when you kind of think of that initial quote from Henry Nouwen about the gift of our, our own persons versus just something we can do for other people? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I love this quote because, you know, it's something that I've been really challenged by over the last few years in particular is to offer the gift of presence rather than other things, like just mm. my presence, you know, to be present to my children, present to the people that are in front of me um, and offer them, you know, just like my attention, my my care, my empathy, like all of those things. It's, it's easier in a way to just make muffins or... <laughs> drop something off or whatever for somebody, which those are important things too. You know, like he talks about that, like offering our talents and whatever. Um, But it's way more more vulnerable to offer ourselves, you know? Uh, And I think in some ways you have to believe that you are a gift first, that you, you yourself are a gift that can be offered before you're, you'd be willing to offer that. You know, what do you think, Michelle? Yeah, I agree that it's the slowing down to realize what is a gift and that uh, we are in ourselves, like he says, our presence is a gift. Like in for a lot of times, I love the distinction he makes between gifts and talents. Mm -hmm. I feel like most of the time that I'm like, oh, people just want my talent. Mm -hmm. You know, they want me to create something for them or do something for them that it's the doing part of us, you know, that totally being a human doing instead of being a human being. And it is a constant, I mean constant battle for me to one I don't sit still they just yelled at me before we started the podcast that I had to sit still while recording <laughs> oh <laughs> see Michelle I know they feel really guilty for Michelle feel me. free to move the rest of your body just keep your mouth in front of the microphone <laughs> That's it. you can do whatever you want with the rest you can of do it whatever girl. you want below your mouth <laughs> I can't even with this <laughs> But it's my talent. (laughs) So, yeah, but um, so it's easy for me to be a human doing, um, but a human being and just to sit still and be present, that is more challenging for me. And to realize um, to be a gift, like you have to fully possess yourself. You know, it reminded me a lot of John Paul II, it reminded me a lot of theology of the body. What does it mean to make a true self gift? to one another, um, make a true donation, self-donation, like you, but first you have to own your own self. Like Mm -hmm. you have to fully possess your own self to be able to give your own self. But, um, I realized when I was reading this chapter, when I give, I all, I would probably say 95%, I count the cost. What is this going to cost me to Mm -hmm. give this Mm -hmm. instead of it? You know, what really convicted me is like, um, it's the loaves and the fishes. Just give him my brokenness and my loaves and my fishes, and he will multiply, and there will be something left over. You know, but I always am counting for: Will I have enough? Will there be enough time? Will there be? And I mean, and I'm not saying like throw boundaries out 
the door or um, neglect good self care. Mm-hmm. But so when you feel like, okay, I am being filled, called to give, being feel called to be um, present to people, you know, he will always supply, you know, mm-hmm. um, more than enough, which was so funny. Cause I totally lived this on Sunday. It was the day before our Sam's birthday. He was going to be 12 on Monday, St. Joseph's feast day. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you want to do for your birthday? And this child is so low key. Like, I was like, do you want to have friends? Do you want to party? You know, we were talking, we could plan it for next weekend. No, I just want to have some young adults over and let's have dinner and play games. So 1030 that morning, I sent a text out like, who's coming over for dinner tonight? Who wants to come play games? And majority of them all replied, yeah, we'll be over there. So like I had to run out, go grocery shopping really quick, do all this. But it was so much fun, you know, and it was, um, I wasn't counting the cost. And was it easy? No, it was Sunday. I wanted to do other things. I was getting ready for the week. I was going out of town on Monday for majority of the day, but what I was thinking about that night, just how much laughter was in my house. Um, mm-hmm. Was my house perfectly picked up? Heck no. You know, but um, it was beautiful, you know, and I didn't count the cost and it was abundance in my mm-hmm. house for me and my family. So just leaning into that. What about you, sister? Mm. That's so true. The gift of presence. And don't we all, don't we all desire that? I mean, I think we know people in our life that continually do that for us, that they give us, they give us the gift of their presence. And it's such a precious gift because it's so rare. Like the people in our life, I bet you could count on one hand, the people in your life that you know, that really listen to what you're saying, that really offer Mm -hmm. the gift of themselves. And we all desire that so deeply, but yet it's, it's so difficult to give, I think a lot of times. And Um, I was reading a book, I can't remember if I talked about this before, but I was reading a book about how the brain works and how the brain transitions from emotions, from like joy to fear, to sadness, to disgust and, and goes back to joy. And they were talking in the book about joy is really that intimacy of being at home, but it's also the part that says, I'm glad to be with you, that you're not alone, that somebody in your life is glad to be with you. And just even in the, in the small things and in the the sorrowful things and the beautiful things, but just having that presence of somebody else in our life that says, I'm glad to be with you, which God is always glad to be with us. He's always delighted to be with us. But it's something about that was really powerful. And they said part of the book, you know, if you know somebody in your life that you're spending time with and it's not too awkward, just the next time you're with them and you're glad to be with them, just say it. Just say, gosh, I'm just so glad to be with you here because it's something that's such a gift to somebody else. And and we all desire that. So I think that's so true in being given. It's it's so much more than just things or so much more than just gestures, which are very, very important, but it's the gift of self, which we intuitively know when somebody is giving to us. And we also know in ourselves when we're giving the gift of ourselves to others. And I love in the very beginning of the chapter, he says, it's so much easier to be grateful for a gift given in joy than for a gift given with a hesitation or reluctance. And haven't we all had those moments where we know somebody's like giving the gift to themselves and they're like totally reluctant over it. And you're like, dude, just don't like, it's okay. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst. Like we don't want to feel like it's a burden. Mm-hmm. on anybody mm-hmm. you know it's like I I have such a hard time with that like I, it makes it really hard for me to receive things when I feel like it's a burden for somebody you know oh. but when they freely give to me that's one of the greatest gifts and I love when he says on page 113 he said who helps me the most I must answer the one who is willing to share his or her life with me mm-hmm. and and I love that because it flies in the face of our utilitarian um, society that we live in, you know, where most of the time we are looking for like, what can you do for me? Oh, um, so it's true. like the, just this quick exchange, you know, like with the drive through person, it's like, I'll pay you the money, you give me the food, and then we're done here. Um, but that's not what our hearts were made for. Our hearts were made for deep connection, for intimacy. And that takes vulnerability. 
Um, and it takes time, you know. And I think what you both were touching on a little bit was often we struggle like with this orphan mentality that we have to protect our time, our space, our things so that because if we give too much, we're not going to have enough left for ourselves. Um, but when we live the life of the beloved, it really, it opens ourselves up to the abundance of God where we never run out, you know, where it's this reservoir thing that St. Bernard of Clairvaux talks about, where it's like God is just pouring through us um, to other people. And and that's definitely the way that I want to live my life. And the moments that I have have been the most fruitful. It is the, you know, like the scripture says, in giving that we receive. Um, and Pope John Paul II, as you're referring to, Michelle, it's like, the, the gift of self is like the, the greatest desire of the human heart is to fully give ourselves to another. Um, because this is how we model the life of Jesus. This is exactly what he's done for us. And that makes us fully human, fully who we were made to be. But I think often, like we have to actually sit down and make decisions that we're going to live our life that way. Because a lot of times in society, that's not what's happening around us. And we can definitely fall into those patterns very easily, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he also quotes early in the chapter, he says, our greatest fulfillment lies in giving ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. And we often think it lies in what you can give me, like what you were just saying, Heather, of like, if I just get enough from you, I'm going to be fulfilled mm-hmm. versus we don't understand. There, and of course, there's a reciprocity involved in, in healthy relationships, but really to give the gift of ourselves is that's, that's how God loves. He gives mm-hmm. the gift of himself. And so that's where we find fulfillment, not in self-seeking, but in self-gift. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think for a lot of people today, the, it, it, it is a struggle. I think there's a lot of people who are choosing to just be takers not givers. Mm-hmm. And and that you're right. It it makes it very hard to have deep meaningful relationships when you are in a relationship with somebody who only takes. And yeah. so, you know, I have to ask myself that question sometimes and I think all of us do. Am I a taker more than a giver? Am I am I mutually receiving oh, so and giving true. in relationships um or am I just giving <laughs> never receiving? You know, like all of those dynamics. I think we actually have to sit and th- think through that. And it can come out in a variety of ways, you know, like um say you're in a say you're doing this book study, like showing up not being prepared every single week after week after week because you're not willing to give something to the group. Maybe you don't think you have to offer something to the group. You just want to. You just want to be there to receive. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't benefit anybody else in the group. You know, it has mm-hmm. to be this mutual self self gift of receiving and giving. No, it's good. I was just thinking. He also says on page one hundred six. You know, our humanity comes to its fullest bloom and giving. We become beautiful people when we give whatever we can. Whenever we get whatever we can give, a smile, a handshake, a kiss, an embrace, a word of love. A present, a part of our life, all of our life, mm-hmm. you know, is to sharing those things. But I've been thinking about it in the last couple of uh, days, and um, it's just an adventure that I feel like I've been on since the new year of like, okay, really responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit when He tells me to step out in obedience in the little things. I'm really great about the big things because I love grand gestures. The little things, not so much my strong point, mm-hmm. but to really respond when I feel like the Holy Spirit is you know, nudging me to do this or say hello to this person or step out. And as extroverted as I am in a lot of ways, other ways, I'm like, would you not know that? Sorry, sorry. (laughs) She's saying that she's lying down her little comfy nun self. (laughs) 
Oh, you're lucky. You're on the other side of a screen. I, I am. I'm right so lucky right now. I'm just I'm This is like part of myself. what makes our relationship so funny is that sister and I are like total introverts and Michelle's like a true extrovert. It's hilarious. Anyway. Except ahead, sister and I like to go you to bed saying? really early and Heather likes to party like a rock star to like midnight, 1 a.m. talk. She... And sister and I are like, 9.30, we're in bed, babe. Like, sorry. I know. Um, I know. It was so funny because Heather, like when we were in Austin together a few weeks ago, Heather's like, oh, don't worry. I already got like two movies because I knew the two of you would go to bed and like leave me alone. And we're like, wow, well, it's intense. Like 8.30, we're yawning. And you're like, you're such losers. You're such losers. <laughs> oh, so funny. So true. So, good. so funny. <laughs> But yes, since you're the shock is wearing off that I'm an extrovert, go ahead, like get it all out of your systems and uh, just trying to figure out. But when there's still things that just make me so uncomfortable, you know, just to step out of my comfort zone and be present to people or I just don't or I just don't flat out want to do it, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm being lazy. Um, but I didn't even tell you guys the story beforehand. So we were in mass uh, two weeks ago and a gentleman came in. And he was an older gentleman, probably in his uh, probably late forties, early fifties, and he was with his father, who was older. Well, I came in to met Chris, and the kids were already at mass. I came in late, surprise, surprise. Anyway, like right as they were coming in from the entrance, him Heather don't say a word. Anyway, um, so I slid into Matt like the pew, and then like probably five or eight minutes later, like mass has already started. These two people come in, and the older man has like t- is, like built. Like, totally built, ripped t-shirt, earring, tattoos coming all down. And all I'm thinking is, he's coming to Mass 10 minutes late. Do you think he has a gun, and is he going to shoot us? Like, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm like, why am I thinking this? And then my next thought goes, I will not be a person of fear. I'll be a person of faith. (laughs) This is all during the Mass. Mm -hmm. And I just felt that little nudge from the Holy Spirit said, you greet him and you welcome him. This man. Amen. So I just took my, you know, song sheet and I literally just turned around and said, here, here's one of these. And I gave my song sheet because I noticed. And he smiled at me and, you know, he's very kind. And then um, I could hear him talking to his dad throughout Mass, explaining parts of the Mass, Mm. you know. Mm. Um, And this is like this rugged guy explaining so gently. And so we went to communion and I came back and he was kneeling like, you know, right behind me. And the priest reposed the Eucharist. So I... Um, you know, sat down. I wasn't really paying attention. Well, he was still kneeling. So, you know, my hand, like my back hit his hands. And so I turned around and realized this man is bawling. Mm. Like he has had tears. So I just reached around and put my hand on top of his hands that were praying, Mm. you know, and just squeezed it. And um, so we were done with mass. We were walking out and I looked at him and I said, you were really good with your dad. Like I just listened to your conversation and I don't know what God was doing, but you're a good son with your dad. I just have to tell you this. Hmm. He looked at me. Chris had gone out the other way, so he had already gone out the outside for the church. The man looks at me and grabs me and gives me the biggest hug you have ever oh. seen. And he says, ma'am, I don't usually hug people like this. I don't usually cry like this. I don't, you know, and he's like, but thank you so much for just being so kind to us. Hmm. And it was such a lessing for me. Amen. And then... I went to go cha- uh, chase kids somewhere else. Well, Chris ended up having a conversation with them. This guy was a special forces uh, for the Britain intelligence. And he said, man, he's like, sir, I just hugged your wife. I never hug people or cry. <laughs> and so Chris ended up having this amazing conversation with him and his father, that he's bringing his father back to the church and that God was just healing this. Real- I mean, it was beautiful, That's but awesome. it was once that time again, like, okay, I gave up myself, but God's like, all right, but look, it's an adventure. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's giving, we receive, you know, it's the total St. Francis of Assisi and giving, we receive, you know, and I mean, probably I would have to say seven times out of a 10, I don't follow those promptings. I wish I did, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I will give whatever excuse it is. I'm busy, lazy, you know, tired, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we do, I forget that God, I mean, gosh, why that he raised his um, reputation on us, that he chose to bring salvation to the world, co-labor with us to bring it about, you know, with the son and the Holy Spirit. Like, mm-hmm. didn't he have a better idea? Like, are we playing, you know, that he lets mm-hmm. us be a part of this? It's really humbling sometimes mm-hmm. that we get to experience. Um, that's a beautiful kidding. story, Michelle. I love oh. that. I love that because that's that's the reality is that so often we operate out of fear, you know, or judgment of people. So true. And then we just mm-hmm. hold back. Like we just resist, resist, resist giving the gift of ourself um, because we're afraid or we don't know what the cost will be or we don't know how we'll be received. You know, the fear of rejection, like whatever it might be that causes us to hold back. And what if you hadn't, you know, what if you hadn't reached out? Like that beautiful opportunity would have been missed. And I think often it, I forget, you know, that, it's not just another person, but this is, this is Jesus. Like this is, this is how I can love Jesus, this person in front of me. And Mother Teresa was so good at practicing this. And this is why we love her, you know, is because she was able to see beyond like all the deformities. And Henry Nouwen talks about this as well, you know, in his work with people who have disabilities, um, and being able to look past that and see the real gift that the person has to offer. But there's so many stories with Mother Teresa that we, that we can see that she just served Jesus in the poorest of the poor, in the ugly, in the disgusting, you know, and and that she invited other people into that as well. I remember somebody telling me a story um, that this journalist had gone to Calcutta to kind of like interview Mother Teresa. He just wanted to do it over the phone, but she refused. And she said, you need to come here if you want to interview me. Because she really wanted him to experience what it was like to to serve with her. Mm-hmm. And so he went over there and right away he was like, okay, Mother Teresa, like, when can we sit down? She just said, come with me. And they just went right, right out into the streets. And he was like, what are we doing? Like, all I want to do is interview. I don't want to walk mm-hmm. through the disgusting streets with like all of these poor people and it's dirty and all of this stuff. And so as they were walking through, there was this man who was like, I mean, he was in really, really, really bad shape and he was laying on the ground. And she said, you need to go over there and pick him up. And she said, I'm too little. I can't do it. I can't pick him up. So I need you to go do it. And the guy was like, just mortified because this man on the street was covered in sores. Mm. And he just was like, you know, he was, he was dying. And he said, uh, like everything in his humanity was like, I'm wearing short sleeves. Like I'm going to have to touch his wounds. Like he was just so grossed out. But how do you say no to mother Teresa who's standing right next to you? Mm-hmm. So he goes over there. He's trying to like pull his short sleeves down so that like the other man skin wouldn't touch his skin, you know, just mm-hmm. all of that, all of the reality. And I'm, and I'm listening to the story thinking, Oh my gosh, I would do the same thing. Like I would be, Oh my goodness. That would be so hard, you know? So anyway, he takes this man back to the convent and mother Teresa said, I want you to bathe him. And the guy was just like, Oh my goodness, this is so gross. Like I do Mm -hmm. not want to do this. Like everything in him was, was resisting. Um, like just the visual ugliness of this person. And so he had him upstairs and he was in this bath. And so he was, and there was a mirror that he was looking into when he was getting the water and he would pour it on the man and he was just again like just so revolted by what was going on and eventually like he just started to pray and be like god please like 
help me. And as he was filling up the, the bucket again, he looked in the mirror and he saw Jesus sitting in the tub. And he turned around and he saw it was just the man, right? And like something was happening very profoundly to this person. Um, and, and then it happened again. He looked in the mirror and he saw Jesus sitting in the tub. And it just changed how he began to serve this man. You know, it just like collapsed all the hardness of his heart. And he was able just to love and serve this man, seeing him as Jesus. And when he walked down the stairs, Mother Teresa took one look at him and she said, you saw him, didn't you? Uh. You saw Jesus, didn't you? Because she could just see his whole disposition had changed. And I love that story because I'm like, you know, if we don't allow ourselves to enter into some of the ugliness of life, of other people's lives, of even our own lives and our brokenness, like we talked about last time, um, we will not see Jesus there. You know, we miss these beautiful opportunities to encounter Christ and to love Jesus. So, mm. Amen, girl. And I, what you're talking about is really the heart of this chapter when he says, I realize that there is a mysterious link between our brokenness and our ability to give to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's really in those, you know, he talks about the painful times where we realize that we're broken open and then we can give and receive. And that's really, it's really, really a Eucharistic life. Because that's what happens in the Eucharist is it's blessed, broken, and given, right? And so when we enter into Christ's own life where he's given to us, and until we're willing to allow that kind of uh, reality to enter into our life and and to to kind of pervade itself outward, it's true, we're always going to remain on the exterior. But there's that profound reality of allowing ourselves in the brokenness to be given, and we receive. And I mean, and don't we all? I mean, don't we all want to be loved in our brokenness? We've talked about that extensively over the seasons that we've been doing this podcast. And, you know, we want to, that part of us that, you know, sometimes we just, we epically melt down and we epically fail. And it's at those times where we fear our, our, our loveliness isn't in, called into question, our lovability. Mm-hmm. But it's in those moments where we can see in ourselves, you know, we can see that reality. We can see the potential in ourselves for anything. And knowing that we're loved there, and we experience those moments, and then we can give that outward, and that's that's a that's that's a life of wisdom. It really is. That's a life of excellence, and mm-hmm. and that's a life that takes. It's like a mosaic being built, right? It's built piece by piece, piece by broken piece, but it turns into something incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love what he was saying is on like page one twenty one, as the beloved children of God, we are called to become bread for each other and bread for the world, but broken bread that's given. And, you know, he t- Henry Nowen talks about that, that bread is broken and then given. Like, you break yeah. pieces art. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to do that. And it's just really praying and reflecting on this ch- chapter. God just keeps on convicting me. Like, you can't be uh, surrendering and joining God on mission while you're self-preserving and protecting so at the same time. Yeah. You know, like, you know, it's, you can't. You cannot self-preserve and surrender at the same time. And one of my favorite quotes from St. Therese is, um, Jesus does not demand great actions from us, but simply surrender and gratitude. Mm. And that is what he's asking us. Like, okay, allow me, you know, in your brokenness to be able to give you out, you know, to your family, to those around you and be present to where I'm giving you and join me on this mission, you know, to bring healing to the world um, through your brokenness. But I think one of the defining points is you don't have to be all together before you give the gift of yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'd never it do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it exist. does not be, yeah. it doesn't need to be polished. It doesn't need to be all put together. Mm-hmm. You know, you give where you are called to give as messy as you are, as broken as you are. 
And that is where God steps in and multiplies the loaves and the fishes. And mm-hmm. there's always enough. Amen to that. Yeah. Oh, amen. There's mm-hmm. always enough. That's true. Well, it's funny that you um, mentioned um, St. Therese as well, because I was thinking about her in that last section where he's talking about how even in our death, there can be yes. giving. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about St. <laughs> Therese and how simple her life was, you know, her little way, like small, small acts with great love. And, and I just thought, wow, like her life has had such a profound impact way more after she mm. died than mm. when she was alive. She was only alive for, uh, she died when she was 23, 24. Um, but her impact is still reaching us today, you know, in the, in the little, and it was so small, the way that she lived. It was just like loving in the small ways. And, and that's really inspiring to me, you know. It's like, what legacy are we going to leave? Um, and, and are we going to leave a life well lived, like, for other people? Mm-hmm. Oh, amen. <laughs> it's hard because we could go on for another half an hour about this. I know some of our that's listeners true. would like us to do so, and some of our listeners are like, oh, no, please don't. It's like drinking out of a fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we could just stop there, and we'll kind of wrap up our next week's conversation just in a culmination of the book. But, um, oh, yeah, given, ladies, given. We're certainly made to be you know, blessed, broken, and given as the beloved ones. So. So maybe we can talk a bit about our one thing. So we talked about potential one things before the show, which we were laughing about, which some of which I shall not <clears throat> mention in public. But but uh, Michelle, Michelle, what's your one thing, girl? What you got going on this week? My one thing is one of our dear friends, Lisa Brennickmeyer. She was on the podcast Ooh. this season. Her son, <laughs> yes. Johnny, is on American Idol. That's so, so awesome. It is so awesome. So this past episode, which aired on Sunday... He got his golden ticket to go to California. So you guys check that out. You know, um, what's it's Johnny, name? Johnny Bryn. He's not using his whole last name, Brennickmeyer. Um, because but, nobody can say it or spell it, Brennickmeyer. Yeah, Brennickmeyer. <laughs> it's too long. Um, he was so cute and endearing during his audition. Um, okay, but my favorite part, right, Michelle? I mean, I'm sure you would agree, is when they, like, his parents didn't know that he was there. And so they were out for dinner with their friends. And Lionel Richie and all of them called, like, Lisa. And so Lisa's on the phone. She's like, um, I know what Lionel Richie sounds like because I grew up in the 80s. And she's like literally talking to Lionel Richie and he sings hello to her on the oh, phone. I, I was it. like, what? That was so funny. It was hysterical. So Heather sends a group text to us yesterday to all of us. It says, hey, Lisa, what was it like to have Lionel Richie sing hello to you? You know, we were just dying laughing. So but um, yeah, so y'all check it out and root for Johnny as he is on American Idol. So Heather, what is your one thing? That's so cool. Oh, my one thing is the Magnolia Journal. Um, that's Ooh. Chip and Joanna Gaines. And Joanna um, has this magazine that um, my husband got a subscription for me for Christmas. And I just love it. I was just reading it this morning and I was like this is like no other magazine like it's beautiful it has home things it has stuff about gardening like what it was just like filled with beauty but also like it had like really important conversations like just questions that she was asking about how to live more intentionally and just stuff you don't normally see in magazines so I just love the Magnolia Journal so if you want a new magazine I encourage you to check that out it's a good one Mm. <clears throat> Sounds good. I like I like Chip and Joanna Gaines. I just look at them and smile. I don't know. Can you not smile looking at them? Is it is it even possible to do that? I know. I know. They're the couple <laughs> from Fixer Upper in case somebody's wondering. Sister, what's uh, your one thing? That's great. My one thing is actually a worship set that I think Michelle sent us, and it's Stephanie Gretzinger, and she's singing that song Reckless Love, 
which oh, has totally yeah. recklessly wreck, wrecked itself into my life in the last couple of weeks. I've, I know I live under a rock. I live in a convent, but I had never heard that song before. And then Michelle sent that to us. And then the next day I was at a youth retreat and that was a song. And mm. the next day after that, I go to another healing retreat and that's the song. I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? So with this set with Stephanie Gretzinger singing, and then in the middle, Bill Johnson comes in to give a message about love versus fear. Mm. I have watched that so many times and her version of reckless love, it wrecks me. It's so... That woman is so sold out in how she worships, and I loved it. So I'm going to post that little, it's a good 20-minute worship set, and about minute 18 is where she really starts to just get into it, and it's it's gorgeous. So I, yeah. So thanks for If you think she's show. into it before minute 18, you have no idea. <laughs> <Not>, okay. <laughs> it's just beautiful. She like puts the icing on the cake on minute 18. So in the message from Bill Johnson, we all love Bill Johnson. I, it's great. Yeah. So. Reckless Love, Stephanie Gretzinger, you go, girl. You're rocking my world. Well, thank you so much for joining us, dear friends. And if you enjoyed our podcast episode, would you please share it with a friend? You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Abiding Together Podcast. We have a Facebook group for our book study. And you can leave us a review, leave us a comment, share it with a friend. We love to hear from you. And you can go to our website and click on any of the links with the pictures of the episode. And you can find discussion questions, journal questions, all kinds of stuff to help you on the journey. And until next time, we will be abiding together with you. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. Sister.